This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Welcome back, friends. We are back with the Ops Authority Podcast, all the way to episode number 122. Today, we have a very special guest, someone who is going to blow our minds because as we have been preparing, we've had two conversations before we got to this point. And the reason behind that, we're both fact finders and we wanted to make sure that we came together and we delivered on a topic that should be very interesting and it may be new to you. And so I wanted to go directly to an expert in the industry. She came as a referral to me. And I remember just kind of going all the way through her website, getting very, very interested in what she had to say. It was for me initially. And when I started to learn a lot more about Cindy Sparrow, I started to say, hmm, my entire audience, she cannot be my secret weapon. We have to make sure that I share this with all of you guys because it's a very, very important topic. And that topic is emotional intelligence. Now, stay tuned in. This is going to blow your mind. If you have been listening to the podcast, you know that we've been talking all about some of the assessments that go on in business. So we've talked about the Colby, the Strength Finders, which is Clifton Strengths now. We have talked about Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. There are so many different things out there. I feel like the emotional intelligence, when we test that, it's like a land of its own because it's really, really, really widespread. And we're going to learn a lot more about that today. And just generally, what is emotional intelligence and how do we change that as we grow? So before we dive in to this incredible guest, I want to invite you guys to head over to our quiz, which is going to help you to understand which business model is perfect for you. The reason I'm talking about a business model today on top of emotional intelligence and off the back of understanding all the different assessments that are out there is because this whole series is helping you to understand who you are, how you will perform. So you're going to have that information if you have looked at and stayed in tune with all of the assessments that we've been talking about, both from a conative perspective and the affective perspective. But now I want you to see how those gifts that you have can be overlapped into a potential business model as a service provider and an operational professional. Head on over to theopsauthority.com forward slash quiz. You're going to get a result. There are four different options there. And then you're going to learn a lot more about that. So consider today this gift of just a lot of learning and how you can grow your business and your career, by the way. It's not just your business, but your career by overlapping your affective skills and gifts on top of what kind of business models are available to you. Again, head over to theopsauthority.com forward slash quiz. Alrighty, friends, let's dive in. I'm so excited to introduce my guest, Cindy Sparrow. Here's her official bio so that you have a little bit of a better understanding before we dive in and get all the jewels out of her brain today. Cindy is a partner and a principal consultant of Consort 
Strategy, a transatlantic North American and UK based company, which is amazing because we've got our UK community continues to grow, but she's supporting public safety, public, nonprofit, charity, and association sectors in organizational excellence, leadership, strategy, and growth. Man, she makes for a perfect director of, or at least a great compliment to a director of operations. She has a master's degree in leadership and is a certified trauma and resilience educator and an EQI practitioner. She has over 25 years experience in emergency services from frontline roles to a deputy chief leading teams in 911, fire, EMS, and police. Cindy is an international consultant, coach, trainer, speaker, and author. Through her experience in leadership and resilience, combined with her passion for people, she helps individuals and organizations realize and lean into their full potential to create massive breakthroughs in performance, success, and growth. She is a transformation and personal mastery junkie who loves lifelong learning and takes strides to consistently become the best version of herself. I get all the feels because I see so much of myself there in that I'm not near as trained up on the leadership side. I've got lots of experience, but not necessarily have the training that you do, Cindy. The thing that I love about bringing you here is you have that operational brain as well. And we layer on top of it some of these great gifts that you're going to be able to educate our listeners today. So as you know, we have an audience of service providers and we love to serve, we love to learn, and we love to make sure that we are finding the right place for us in the world. We do that by lots of things, but one thing I'm really passionate about is helping them to see where their gifts are and trying to remove those shiny objects or just distractions in general. So I know our conversation is going to help enlighten them. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Natalie. And, you know, as somebody who's also a very avid service provider and about helping, you know, humans evolve and transform into their highest, I think that we are just kindred spirits the few times that we've connected before. So I think I I agree. There's a lot of similarities for sure. So great to be here with you. Awesome. We didn't plan this, but to as we are diving in here, do you know what your Colby is? I am a seven. Four, four, four. Yeah, I remember that. I remember us talking about that. I remember Fact Finder being your initiating space. So it is. I love that. Yes. And 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 that's probably your zest for lifelong learning, you know, that quest for always wanting more information. And it definitely contributes to you be, having the gifts that you have in sharing your heart authentically, but also knowing the amount of, of information and expertise you have in the space of emotional intelligence. So let's just kind of rip the bandaid off here and just define what is emotional intelligence. I think we talk about emotional intelligence a lot, but how would you define and explain that? So I would define it as a set of emotional and social skills that influence how we view ourselves and our world and how we respond to and impact the people and systems around us. So long story short, EQ really impacts our relationships, how we cope with challenges, and how we use emotional information in an effective and meaningful way, because emotion and thought happen at the same time. They don't happen apart from one another. So our emotional intelligence is really, I think it's an essential life skill that's central to how we show up and not only consume and view the world, but how we impact everybody and everything around us. So kind of heavy <laughs> when you think about it. It's all the things. <laughs> it's so important. It's heavy, but it, you're it's integrated into everything that we do. Here on this podcast, it's important to me to help 
emerging directors of operations or people who aspire, and of course, those people who are already in those roles, to understand how they can get better, how they can continuously transform into the next layer of themselves. And I know that this is a skill that, and just having the awareness of what emotional intelligence looks like, what it is, can be very, very beneficial for them in that growth trajectory that they're all destined for. We're all going to continuously grow. And this audience is a group of high achievers who want to continuously find the next best version of themselves. In addition to that, we are primarily focused on how we can use our gifts, our innate natural gifts, which all of us here have that innate gift of operations, which we would have never Mm -hmm. defined from birth. Like even at the age of 30, I don't think I could have said, yeah, I'm a great operator. Those are never terms (laughs) that I would have used. But now once I've been able to pull this back and done a lot of coaching therapy and soul searching on where my gifts are, what I expose is like, wow, those terms of organizing and, and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, bossy, candid conversations, great interpersonal skills, being that natural leader. When I started to expose all of those, what I found, the hard skill I found behind that was project management. And so a lot of us here are using the gift of operations, project management, leadership, team leadership, human resources, data, financials. We're using those skills to be able to build businesses and expand our careers in that space. And so, and I think you identify with that background because I see a lot of ourselves, like we have already explained, I see a lot of us in each other. But knowing that, how does emotional intelligence show up in our businesses? Right. I think that's such an important question. You're right. We do have a lot of operational background. You're always an operational chief, you know, leading teams in emergency situations all of the time, directing the public, whether it was over the phone on a 911 call or at the scene of an incident. But this is all relevant, regardless of what sector we're working in. Emotional intelligence skills are really, they're so critical for building like relationships and teams, for resolving conflict, for solving problems, for leading effectively, and most importantly, for building resilience. All of those things are so essential to what we do as directors of operations, right? It's an essential skill that helps you really be an effective and empowering leader. And moreover, it impacts your life like in a whole 360 degrees away for the better because we know how we show up as leaders of our business is no different than how we behave when we're around our friends and family and loved ones or in our community. We're natural leaders everywhere we go, just by virtue of who we are. And all of these tools that we're harvesting to find out more about who we are is so important. What I want to make sure is that I answered the question. Are you asking about like, tell you a little bit more about emotional intelligence and how it supports directors of operations? Yes, for sure. I I think one of the things that you already led on to, which is really important, is our ability to make decisions, to navigate difficult conversations, to just have the conversation. Everything from that to facilitating meetings and truly stepping in, you know, leadership is defined in every business a little bit differently because our teams, our products, our industries are all very different. But you, as a person who has emotional intelligence, whatever degree that looks like, right? There's not a, there's not a good and a bad, there's not a high and a low. It's just, exactly. it's, yeah, it's, it's a scale. And 
being aware of your emotional intelligence and how that shows up in business. And then the gift it has, like once you understand that this is all the things that she talked about, navigating these conversations, showing up, leading, like those are present in your everyday Mm -hmm. role as a director of operations. You may not have even been calling this emotional intelligence. And I just want to make sure that you know that this is another gift that you have. Our high-performing directors of operations have this gift. Absolutely. And so what I want people to really understand is it's not a set amount that you're born with. You're not either born with emotional intelligence or not. Really, it's so malleable. So you're born with a personality. It doesn't change a ton throughout your life. It remains pretty static. But EQ or emotional intelligence is malleable. It's way different. In fact, it's based on, so I do emotional intelligence assessments that are really backed by science. I love what, like there are psychometric tools. So they're based on psychology and science and they're always constantly researched, which to me is very important that we have some backing when we're telling people and measuring their emotional intelligence and giving them feedback on it. So what it really does measure though is a snapshot in time. So many different things could be impacting your emotional intelligence at the time. And so if you think of it like a synthesizer board, there's five different kind of main themes of EQ, which are self-perception, self-expression, your interpersonal relationships, decision-making abilities, and stress management. Those are the five key themes of emotional intelligence, which is a lot. There's a couple of subscales under each one of those that we really measure to make sure that we're checking all of the different angles in the assessment. I love that you said there's no right or wrong answers. There's no good or bad level. There's just the level that you're at. The power is in knowing what that level's at and understanding in each one of those core themes, where is it high? Where is it low? And what I want you to understand is if you can imagine a synthesizer board that like a DJ has in a sound booth when they're playing music, we don't want it all high and we don't want it all low and we don't want it all in the middle because that's not going to play very good music. Knowing what each one of those core themes is at and then understanding how to adjust those dials so that we can play that good music. That's what's powerful about an EQ assessment and then learning about where you're at so you can help develop it further. Like I said, it's, it doesn't stay the same your whole life. You have the ability to make it different. And when you work with somebody who can support you in doing that, the results are powerful. They're very powerful. I would love to talk about some different ways that the pain might be showing up in your life right now about you can have a really well-developed sense of self-perception or decision-making skills, but there might be other areas that are lacking. Did you want to go into that a little bit, Natalie, and kind of how that shows up? Absolutely. So the best example I can give you is, you know, the extreme end of you've probably been a victim of somebody's lack of emotional intelligence where you're sitting across from a boardroom, could be a member of your family. We all have kind of prior training when people just lose their absolute minds over things and you have to like manage their emotions before you can get through to them, which can be really difficult. So they don't think before they act, they just kind of process their emotions all over the place and it makes it really uncomfortable and you get nowhere. So that's really like the extreme end of lack of emotional intelligence and awareness. But I want you to be aware of other insidious ways that it can creep up on us as women, as business leaders, as people who are all about service, which naturally makes us loosen our boundaries a little bit to try and serve people to the highest of our abilities because we want to just naturally help. It can show up as things like being overstressed, burning out, extremely overworked, not having those boundaries, feeling like you have to do everything on your own and either protect your team or we have really high standards and we feel like, well, if I allow that person to do this, I don't know that they're well-developed enough. And what if it shows up and impacts me instead of taking the time to coach them through it, we just do it ourselves, which creates more work. 
a lack of trust. So not relying on people and asking for help and thinking, I'll just do it myself or feeling ashamed about not being able to rely on people and trust them. Again, avoiding those difficult, but so important brave conversations that we need to have when conflict shows up. Because if we really remember that conflict is actually a gift, it's just a signal that whatever's happening in the situation isn't working anymore. And we need to together find a better way. It's all of those tough things, like holding yourself to such a high standard that you can't let your mistakes go or you hold grudges, you feel misunderstood. There's so many different ways that it shows up, but mostly it shows up as most often, particularly for people in our realm that I've worked with and the people that we are as, as servants of others, you know, and I mean that in a service way, that's really how it ends up showing up. We're overworked. We don't ask for help. We're exhausted and we're burning out. (laughs) And you know what, Cindy, for all of you directors of operations and just honestly, any service provider that is tuning in today, a lot of times the CEO or visionaries are actually hiring us because they are exhausted from doing all the things that Cindy just said. They're exhausted from that. So they're wanting to bring somebody in as a partner. And it's really important as a director of operations, when we're coming into businesses, we want to make sure, and I use the word strategic partner all the time, because Mm -hmm. it is not the same as an implementer where you are just taking the task and doing the darn thing, which of course needs to be done as well. But when you come in as a director level, I believe that that leader is looking for a true strategic partner where they can share the struggles that Cindy just spoke about, right? So it's hard if you're running a business right now, regardless of how big or small it is, like stress is going to come up. Failure is going to happen. It's part Mm -hmm. of it. And how we navigate that, I do believe comes back to our emotional intelligence. It definitely can help support us in moving through that and how we react to it. One of the things that in the Director of Operations Certification Program, we talk about the the five core disciplines of operations. And these are a lot of these are hard skills. Those things are operational strategy, human resources, project management, data, financials. Those are hard skills. Like I can teach you how to be a project manager. I can teach you the Mm -hmm. laws of HR. I can teach you how to create a dashboard. I can, you know, those are all things that I can teach you. That's what we define as hard skills. But when someone comes to me and is ready to transform from who they are, whatever level they call themselves or title they call themselves, and they're ready to go to the next level, one of the things that we are looking at in our application process is we're trying to understand what their emotional intelligence is. We're looking at their past trend of leadership because here's the deal. I'm certainly capable of teaching you the hard skills. I could put those underneath the guise of a course or a program, lots of different things. But the reason we have a certification is I want to help these women transform themselves so that they become an up-leveled or the next best version of themselves so that they can serve people because that is their soft skill. That is their innate gift is service. And if they have that, plus they overlap it with these hard skills, they're going to emerge. I I, I envision that beautiful butterfly. (laughs) That is our our logo and our brand here. But I envision them emerging into this beautiful butterfly where they're now able to truly strategically partner. But the basis of all of this is the soft skill, which I have defined is perfecting and getting better at whatever perfecting means to you, right? It's just improving on what I call two-way communication. That is what effective leadership looks like as a director of operations. The ability to have two-way communications 
comes down to lots of things that Cindy's talking about today. Yes, it's leadership, but it's also understanding how to have the conversation, when to have the conversation, when to hire, when to fire, how to navigate failures and instances and failed launches and poor performance and poor morale. I mean, all the things that come up and it's not just the negative things. It's also the really high things, but it can also be grounding two different people who have two completely different perspectives, kind of like the situation of a family member just kind of quote unquote losing it. And they express it one way and you express it or, or take that in a different way. You have the exact same thing in business. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to circle back to as a director of operations, the leadership level that we are looking for and what really plays out in this role is the ability and the gift of initiating two-way communication. You probably have a gift that the leader who needs you so desperately doesn't have to be able to do that. That's what they are exhausted from. I hear it all the time. I don't know how to project manage. I don't know how to create a project plan. I've got all the ideas, but I don't know how to actually bring them to fruition. The other thing is I don't want to manage people. I don't mind leading people. I don't mind hiring people, but I don't want to have to deal with the management of people. And here's the deal. There's a lot of interpersonal stuff that has to take place for someone to be a good people leader. As a director of operations, you're not going to get away from it. You're simply not going to get away from that. And the skill I see is that two-way communication and also being able to be a great change manager. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because that is so central, Natalie. I'm so glad you brought that up. Change, like when, when you talk about all the things we do as director of operations, you're helping people move through change all of the time. Now we know that 70% of change efforts fail because change management is also another of my specialties. of our change efforts fail because we fail to bring people along for the ride. You're working for leaders who are like, I don't want to manage people. I hear that a lot, right? It's like, but people are essential to our success. Emotional intelligence is absolutely core. Well-developed emotional intelligence is core to having a team of people that you can connect with, that you can help navigate through the change, that you can support, create a bunch of high-performing rock stars that would follow you anywhere, right? And I mean that in a good way because we're obviously not going to, we're not going to use our power. We're going to use our powers for good here. But I mean, that is central. That that well-developed sense of emotional intelligence is central to also knowing because we're service-minded and we sometimes don't like to hurt feelings, rock the boat, or we can be conflict avoidant at times, that sense of emotional intelligence helps us be able to look through the lens of, if I don't have this brave conversation, what opportunity am I holding back this person from developing from, right? Some of the most brave conversations you can have as an emotionally intelligent leader come from a place of actually love and nurturing. That's what I think about when I, because I do help other leaders develop. I do have a leadership development program. And when you can be able to look through the lens of that, where we can avoid the conflict, they don't learn, we get the same results, we, we set them up for a lack of success and it lets the entire team down. And we can't do that. As directors of operations who lead people, that's not okay. We're the safeguard of making sure our team moves forward and is healthy. And so really understanding that by having that brave conversation, doing it from a place of kindness and care, we don't control how they react and respond, but they can feel held and supported even when they're hearing some of the most difficult words. I have had to terminate people's employment It wasn't a surprise to them leading up to it. And we remained friends afterward because I wished them the very best. It wasn't a good fit. They were struggling. It wasn't a good fit for us. We had to move on. It's that level of emotional intelligence that helps you with massive, really tough, brave conversations in all realms of your business and life. 
Oh my goodness. I think we could go through a million different examples. As you were talking, I'm thinking of all the times that I've had to come to a leader and say, hey, they're completely oblivious to the way that their team is feeling. And that's a hard band-aid to rip off. And because I have leveraged this emotional intelligence, not that I have more or less of it than anybody else, but because I tune into it, right? I settle into it and understand. We just had a, a podcast come out on how to break up with your client. If you go back to that episode, you will see it's anticipating. We never know how the person's going to take the feedback, the idea, the example. We don't have control over that. Mm -hmm. But you have the ability to tune into understanding that there's a variety of responses that could come up and taking the time to process what those are oftentimes gives me the power in navigating the conversation, right? If it goes this way, I still am going to come from a place of candor. And if it goes really, really poorly, I'm probably going, just my personality, I'm going to pull out of it, get myself together and then come back. That's just, that's who Natalie is. But navigating conversations, good and bad, firing and hiring, by the way, both on both spectrums, the emotional intelligence just comes up all of the time. In our six-month program of certifying these directors of operations, we get to about month four and I see the wings really starting to fly on our students. They're starting to see their the hard skills that they have as truly valuable. And those last couple of months, we call it mindset. And I think that you would identify with the importance of mindset support when you're up-leveling. But this is where we start to see, I start to see the emotional intelligence coming up, right? So both in that space and then also when it comes to how to sell our services and how to have just conversations in general. And so, yes, we may be conflict avoidant. We may, you know, all of those things are not, you know, there's not a certain personality who is, who's into conflict or out of conflict. It's really comes down to, it's an individual thing, but. I wanted to point out that both on the good and the the difficult part of business and relationships, it's not yes. just business, as you said, it's both of these, understanding that this is just present all of the time. And if you are interested in becoming a better leader, which I trust every single person who is here today, if you want to get paid more, it's typically a reflection of your leadership abilities. I firmly know that a lot of us have it. We don't recognize it and we don't sell it. So I would love to hear Cindy, how you, and and definitely share with our audience, how you help leaders and emerging leaders to become better or perfect their craft or their gifts. Absolutely. So I do use the EQ assessment as a core tool to help leaders evolve because of all of the reasons that we've talked about today. And so knowing where they're at in their EQ helps me set up a coaching program, whether it's in a leadership development program or one-to-one executive coaching. I always make sure that we come from that place so they know how to increase or decrease some of the areas of their EQ. Because again, it's not about good or bad. It's just about a well-developed EQ overall. So that's what we start as a springboard. And also because they can get some really quick wins and traction on recognizing like, oh my goodness, I had no idea when I showed up this way, it impacted my team in this sense. And then we find strategies for ways to address that differently, but they see results right away. Here's the other beautiful thing that happens that I just wanted to mention. One of the other beautiful things that happens when leaders show up with well-developed emotional intelligence, 
their followers, the teams that they lead, the people that their peers they interact with actually just by virtue start to show up that way too. You end up modeling the way for people in a way that you don't realize at the time until you take a moment to think, wow, I coached that person to show up differently and handle that conflict different. And we're a better, stronger team for it. And that person's much more well-developed. So again, just a ripple effect of how we can impact others with our well-developed EQ. All right, Cindy. So my audience, I know that they're going to be all over this because we are learners. We love to better understand ourselves so that we can better show up for, of course, in the business space, but we're holistic around here. We're all about legacy. And so we want to show up great for ourselves as well as our families, our relationships and in business. And so you have the opportunity for them to work with you in a one-to-one capacity to take this emotional intelligence assessment. And you also have a program, right? Yeah, I do. I have a leadership development program. Awesome. Where can they find more information about that? They can go to my website, which is consortstrategy.com or they can email me directly at cindysparrow at yourconsort.com. As well, I can leave a Calendly link on the podcast information if you'd like. And if you wanted to book a coffee chat with me, just catch up to see kind of how, explore some ways for how you can develop your EQ or some leadership feedback. I'd love to do that as well. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you being so forthright and sharing so much. I know that this is going to be really, really helpful. Before we wrap up today, can you give us just some tactical tips on emotional intelligence? I'd love to. I think that the biggest thing we can do to make sure that we have a well-developed sense of emotional intelligence is to just take a moment when there's something going on, especially if we're feeling triggered or having strong emotions about it, that we take that moment of pause. Some people call it the sacred pause to just process before we decide or answer. It's okay to do that. Becoming aware of and in tune with your own emotions, feeling your feelings, but like we said, not processing them all over everyone around you, like Uncle Jed at family dinner, you know? getting good at recognizing your triggers so that you'll be better prepared to name it and know when something shows up to set you off. When you know ahead of time that it's coming, you can brace yourself and not respond or react right away. So that emotional management helps you to, number one, I think one of the most important things we can do is recognize our triggers, but then number two, also make sure that we're taking a moment to view things from the other person's perspective. I have to say that when you first seek to understand and you come from that place in any situation, It really helps you wrap your head around, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next so that number one, I can maintain my boundaries and know where I'm coming from and make good decisions, whether this is a yes or a no, because we know that we're probably really good at saying yes too much when it should be a no, and then proceeding. I think that helps us reframe the situation so we can look at the bigger picture of what's going on. And that over the long haul really helps us have manageable workloads. We know when we're working with aligned clients, we know when we're leading our team and being effective because we can tell in the way they react to us and in our body language, we've taken a moment to really take perspective of what's going on around us. I think that's probably one of the most important things. And then the other thing is communicating effectively, making sure that we remember the word you speak And the way you spend the tone you speak it in is like 30%. Like 60% is body language. So you could be saying something, your body might tell a whole different story. So making sure that you are fully aligned in your message before you respond. And then that it's coming across that way. I had a leader I worked with that actually, she was really well-meaning and her message was always pretty clear, but she'd roll her eyes sometimes where you're like, was that at me? Is that at the situation? I'm not sure. So I asked her one day and talk about coaching up and being a little afraid to do it. I just said, you know, are you aware that you do this? She's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Because of course, it's having a negative impact on everybody else who's too afraid 
and is making assumptions about what that might mean. So those are a few things that I think. And then the most important thing is get an assessment of your EQ, but make sure you're working with a certified practitioner who's qualified to be able to do that assessment for you and then to work with you to give you feedback and support you in developing it. Yes. Well, I definitely can tell you guys, if you're interested in this assessment, I would go to Cindy because we know that she's not only very, very qualified. She has spent many decades in perfecting this and being able to help people emerge into that leadership and grow in depth in leadership through this tool. When you were talking about the body language thing, I always tell my daughter, it's not what you say. It's how your eyes say it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say that I tell her that because I have been told that for for many, many years. (laughs) So I can some, well, we don't have to go into all the things, but we all have things like that, right? It's not just myself and my daughter who have these really expressive eyes. I remember dancing way back in the day. I was a ballerina for many, for several decades. And I remember an old dance teacher, she would say, oh my gosh, you dance with your eyebrows. Like you feel everything through your eyebrows. And sometimes my husband will tell me, same thing I tell my daughter, like you said it fine, but your eyes said something completely different. So there must be something in these eyes, Cindy. (laughs) It's the truth. We can't help it sometimes, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, friends. I hope that this has been really, really informational for you guys. And also that you are seeing the way that we lead can be tied back to emotional intelligence. We have assessments and tools that are available to us to help us become more aware, which once we become aware, we're then able to take action on our strengths and also just recognize where we may need some assistance in improving and transforming to the next best version of ourselves. With every single episode of the Ops Authority podcast, we want to make sure that it's actionable. I I know that we're probably in your ears while you're exercising. Maybe you're driving your, your kids around. Maybe you're cleaning your house. And I want to make sure that every single second that you spend with us, translates into an action. We're all about action first here. And the ops activity for episode number 122 with my friend, Cindy Sparrow, is to do what she just asked us to do, which is to take a pause. Don't feel like you have to initially just come out. We know, as she said, Uncle Jed, who's just going to say it as it is and, and not necessarily think about and process what may be happening. Take a pause. In business, this is so, so important. And I know that it has helped me to become a powerful leader and a powerful partner to the great, amazing visionaries that I have had the opportunity to work beside. So your ops activity this week is at some point, whether it's business or in your personal life, take a pause when you instinctively want to solve whatever the problem is that you're going to be facing. And these may not be big problems, right? I'm not saying that you're going to run across this massive problem this week, right? But we're all going to have an opportunity to take that pause. Alrighty, Cindy, I appreciate you being here today. This has been so insightful for me. And I know the audience is going to be really gifted by the knowledge and the wisdom that you have shared in an area that I don't believe gets talked about near enough in the business space. As service providers, we are subject to emotional intelligence every single day. It's literally built into our job. So it was really important for me to make sure that we highlight this in addition to the other, I would say, more popular assessments that are out there. And we certainly leverage the Colby assessment. But the reason I actually started to research emotional intelligence was I was seeing the opportunity for our students to get to be better, stronger leaders and partners 
in the roles that they really aspire to be in by being aware of, more aware of what is available to them from the emotional intelligence perspective. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's been my privilege, Natalie, and anything I can ever do to help women rise and to have more impact and influence and do it in in a way that creates so much more freedom and ease, I'm in. Yeah, ease. That's my word. Ease, (laughs) legacy, (laughs) candid. We talked about some of my greatest core values today. So I love it. Thanks again, Cindy. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.